the Mars candy company just purchased Kind Bar two years ago for five billion with a B. Um, Cliff Bar was just bought by Mondelez six months ago for three billion. I mean, there's some huge, huge snack companies out there, and here we are trying to create our own space and uh, and have some of that market. Um, I think in, in terms of creating something, you know, if you have an idea, it's important to be one of three things, either first, best, or different. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. For today's episode, we're throwing it back to the How Do Health Festival that happened in December of 2022. I was blessed to host five amazing individuals on a business of health panel. On this panel, I was able to ask some questions such as, what does a healthy company look like when raising capital? What lessons have you learned from fitness that have also paid dividends in the business world? What are people and businesses doing wrong when it comes to producing events and experiences? And how can you heavily invest in your product and the quality of that product to make it scale beyond your wildest dreams? These are just a few of the questions though, and you will be enlightened by the responses of the individuals. So let's jump right into it and please welcome Noah, Danielle, Baldo, Peter, and Freddie to the show. The next talk that we're gonna have, it's called the Business of Health Panel, which can be very useful to so many of us today. And it is going to be moderated by CJ Finley, who you all know, who's co-founder of this festival. Here, he is the founder of Thrive on Life, and the mission of Thrive on Life is to help people, other purposeful people, with their brands and their businesses on a lot of platforms, including his podcast, Thrive on Life, and then, of course, the next platform for him to share his message with you guys is this stage. So, CJ, when you're ready. Can you hear me? Yes. All right, sweet. Awesome. Let's get this party started. So it's not about me, it's about these wonderful people up here and each individual fortunately has their own little unique path that they've carved both in the health and wellness industry and in business. So my hope for you is that you get to hear some stories from founders, entrepreneurs, business builders, community leaders that could give you some tips and tricks on potentially either you building and creating and helping the world become a healthier, happier place, or you sharing that information with other people out there because we all grow faster, further, and better together. Thank you guys for showing up. It's Sunday. You could be anywhere else in the world right now, so I appreciate you for making the trip out here. Um, the faces I do know, uh, thank you, and the faces I don't know, thank you as well. But we're going to kick it off with introducing our panelists. Um, I want to get right to the question, so we're going to keep this short and sweet. We got Baldo Garza here. He is co-founder of MSW and How Do You Health. We have Daniel Gertner, speaker, ownership coach, community builder. We have Noah Heisman, who is a VC attorney, lawyer uh, by day, entrepreneur by day and night. Um, I don't know where Freddie is. Um, we got, we got Peter Rushford, who is the founder of Share Snacks. So to get right into this, we're going to start with Noah here. Uh, we were chatting in the sauna the other day and you mentioned that, uh, a restless spirit becomes an anxious mind and an anxious mind becomes a diseased body. Can you describe what this means as well as why is it important to a founder in creating healthy businesses? Yeah. So, um, this idea of a restless spirit creates an anxious mind, creates a diseased body is something that uh, I've experienced in my own life. So before I moved to Austin, uh, I was an attorney in uh, Minneapolis in the world of mergers and acquisitions. It's notorious for not producing happy people. 
And so you, did you just work ridiculous hours? Um, you're kind of online all the time. I did that for five years and kind of came to my fifth year and for the first time in my life had a panic attack. I didn't know what it was. Anxiety wasn't a thing in my household growing up, so I didn't even know what anxiety felt like until I was laying on my couch and couldn't move. And I called my brother and I was like, I don't, what is happening? And he explained to me sort of uh, what anxiety was and what a panic attack looked like. And I realized very quickly at that point, I was on a path of destruction and I knew how uh, it ended if I didn't change something. And when I started sort of unpeeling the layers of what was going on, there's a, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is the tree of life. There is a uh, Roman Stoic by the name of Seneca who says something similar. And it is, uh, the fool for all his other faults has this also. He's always getting ready to live. And so if I look at, at where those two streams lead, it's to this idea of when we neglect our dreams, when there's an unlived life that haunts us, it makes us sick. When there's a truth inside us, it becomes poisonous. And so it's slowly learning to let that thing out. And that's when you start to flourish again. And I can truly say in the last two years of being here in Austin, I've seen myself come back to life. And so when I say this idea of a restless spirit makes an anxious mind, makes a diseased soul, there is a way in which I believe certain things that manifest as illness start in the spirit when it's restless. Those are the things that slowly poison you over time. Now, why that applies to business is because if you're going to be, if you're going to have a sustainable business, it has to be, it should be something. If you want it to make the world better, you have to be there. In order to serve, you have to be fit to serve. And so you have to take care of your soul first and foremost. Um, and I'm lucky enough uh, to be at this conference where there's been some discussion of not just sort of um, taking care of your body, but also taking care of your spirit. One of my favorite philosophers. So I had, I had a book that came out in March, and uh, it's an introduction to philosophy, and I love Socrates. So if you go back to ancient Greece, if you go back to Apology, Plato's Apology, when Socrates is put on trial uh, for corrupting the youth, part of his defense is he says, I, I do nothing but go about persuading you, old and young alike, not to take care over your persons or your properties, but to care chiefly about the improvement and the tending to your soul. And so I have viewed that as my mission, as uh, me whose task is wakefulness and turning our attention back to this idea of, um, go back to Seneca, nothing except the soul is worthy of wonder. Take care of that. Everything else takes care of itself. I love that. In the beginning of any business, the business is you. So it's going to operate as well as you're operating. So thank you for that answer. Next, uh, we're going to go to Baldo. Uh, MSW started with you and Doza slinging health drinks out of a closet and transformed that into helping thousands of people find better health as well as help them be more informed with how they can be healthier beings. Through all of this, you have been able to keep such a positive attitude and energy through all the ups and downs, which is vital for any founder to conquer the hero's journey. What are some things you have done to progress your mindset and maintain your level of energy throughout all the different phases of MSW? <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, there's, there's a lot there. And yeah, the, he's referencing a point where when we first started the, the conference, I mean, the, the, not the conference, well, the, our MSW, we started literally in a 111 square foot closet inside of a, a yoga, hot yoga studio. So you had to walk into the yoga studio sometimes while classes were going to walk into this little closet that someone decided to rent for uh, to us. And we were literally making drinks like on the floor. And, uh, and it all, that all stemmed from, um, John is my best friend. And that all stemmed from, uh, he also had a panic attack because he was working in like in healthcare and not practicing the way that he wanted. And as my best friend, I wanted to help in some way. And then I, now it's kind of in a phase where like I was ready to make a change if I if I wanted to or not, and so uh, we did that. And but for for me, it was it was a lot just about like how do, the question is how do I keep a positive mindset? And honestly, like for me, at some point, I mean, I, as an athlete, like I grew up playing tennis, and it, it was always like I, you couldn't let for whatever reason you couldn't let you know a, a bad point 
affect the next one because then you would lose, right? And so part of it I know stems from that. But uh, but from a very young age, at some point, I always knew that like there's always a better day, and I and I'm big about like saving energy, and so I I always like to say like worrying is not going to help anything. So uh, I, I just want to focus on like just being thankful. But r- currently, the the thing that does help me keep a positive mindset is my morning routine. My my my, my first thing in the morning. Well, the first thing I ever do is poop. Like that's poop is the first <laughs> thing. And, and like, I'm going to poop and then drink some water. And, and so you got to poop. And, uh, and then I sit down and I, and I meditate for anywhere between like sometimes just five minutes, but hopefully 30 minutes. That's usually what my goal is. And, and then I, and then I journal and, and my journal is a very powerful uh, practice because I, the minimum that I do is that I write three things that I'm thankful for. And when I first begin that practice, I even said, if I do nothing else, I'm going to at least write, I have nothing to write today. And maybe a handful of times over the years, I close the book after I write that sentence. But most of the time, it was like, well, I can at least write that I'm thankful for this or for that. I did that this morning. And, and uh, you know, it just helps, us, helps, I think, me be settled in the, in the fact that, like, man, like, we, this is a beautiful place. Like, let's, let's, let's play. Let's have some fun. And, and let's celebrate that we, can to, that we can be out here and be healthy. It's funny because uh, I'm going to call Braden out here. When you're talking about pooping, this morning we were literally at our Airbnb um, and we we're just like, all right, what is the first thing we got to do today? He's like, I just can't wait to get to the, to get going and like poop. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first thing in the morning, that's, that's what we all got to do. And that means you're health, happy and healthy. And uh, Baldo practices what he preaches. I've been fortunate enough to be around him at multiple different conferences and at Airbnbs where literally waking up and seeing him meditate for 30 minutes straight, just watching him uh, soak all that in is very powerful and inspiring to me and motivating to me. So the best thing that I can say is if you want to integrate that morning routine into your practice, hang around other people that are already doing the same thing. Uh, we're going to hand it over to Danielle. So if one of you could hand your mic and then yeah, shift that way. Um, cool. I love these responses so far. Uh, for Danielle, building community is vital to building a brand in health and wellness space. And building a strong brand you can turn into a long, sustainable business. You are someone who has built multiple communities in multiple cities and in states, as well as online. What would your advice be to those trying to create, cultivate, and scale their own communities? I uh, love that question, and mm, I think it starts with being so grounded and clear on the vision of where you see a community going and why the community is being built. Um, it comes back to that why, that truth of the difference you want to make and you want to see out in the world. and. Every community, although it's beautiful to see it come together, like an event that I had yesterday with a community I've been working with for five years, the sometimes day-to-day moments are really difficult. And sometimes you're like, shit, what, what am I doing? You don't always see the impact, but holding true to the vision and ensuring that you drop into the present in every moment when you're seeing that community come to life has been the biggest gift, the little moments of laughter and connection that wouldn't have otherwise happened. Um, And I know in my heart the difference that community makes. And, you know, going off of what Noah shared just a moment ago, which I thought was said so beautifully, is that restless spirit is poisonous. And I think oftentimes a restless spirit comes from that lack of community. And I love that we're talking, especially at uh, this festival and in this community about nutrition and sleep and moving your body, all things that are important. But without that last piece, we're still not whole. And yeah, I've witnessed that time and time again. And so to wrap that all up, um, understanding the necessity of being part of a community and the responsibility you have to help cultivate that community because the community wasn't built just by me. It was built by people who believed in what I wanted to share and added to that. Um, and staying true to that vision of bringing people together. I love that. I think 
understanding your your vision and having clarity on that. We always say clear versus clever uh, when you're trying to attract in a community is being clear on that vision and then really just spotlighting what that vision is vision is. And you'll be surprised how many people show up uh, that also agree with that vision. So we're going to go over to Peter now. Um, plenty of people have ideas. I'm sure all of you have ideas of some sort. And yet many people don't necessarily follow through with them, especially in the CPG, CPG industry where the competition can be cutthroat, where we see this beautiful brand and sustainable packaging of share. So if you have the opportunity, share is sitting right in there. It's a beautifully branded package. Um, we all know that, and I know that it was not that pretty in the beginning from sourcing to grown accounts to long days at events like this. Uh, if someone is looking to build a business and brand in CPG, what is your advice in figuring out how to get started and how to give themselves a shot in such a competitive space? Yeah, I, I can't stop thinking about Baldo's poop. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great kid's book called Everything or Everyone Poops. Oh, like yeah. Whales poop, birds poop, caterpillars poop. Oh. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. <laughs> uh, great way to start the day. Um, I appreciate the question. I, I think it's a very competitive marketplace, uh, especially in CPG and especially in our category, snacks. I mean, the Mars Candy Company just purchased Kind Bar two years ago for $5 billion with a B. Um, Cliff Bar was just bought by Mondelez six months ago for $3 billion. I mean, there's some huge, huge snack companies out there. And here we are trying to create our own space and, uh, and have some of that market. Um, I think in, in terms of creating something, you know, if you have an idea, it's important to be one of three things, either first, best, or different. Because if you have the same thing everybody else has got, and it's not much better, I mean, it's, so, you know, try to have one of those three things or two, even better if you could have all three, um, you know, be first, best, and different. Um, and then it's, it's uh, you know, the, the space between when you have an idea for a product of some sort, it, it could be anything. It could be an app. It doesn't have to be even CPG products, but a product and getting it to launch and then from launch to becoming a real thing, you know, a proof of concept product uh, with some successful traction is a is a lot of work. Um, I think more work than I thought, I thought it was going to be a lot easier. Not a lot. I didn't think it was going to be easy, but it, it just takes a lot. And uh, it's a little bit like kind of training for a marathon. You've got to get up every day with a lot of persistence. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I remember, I think the first time I met you was at... Um, the Generator Athlete Lab, yeah, right? right? Yeah, we were both there doing, you know, just slinging our stuff, helping yeah. out support for an event. <laughs> trying to refine the message. Trying to refine the message. Um, yeah, so it, and it's, uh, you know, it's, there's not a, you know, at the beginning, there's not a, a big team of people, you know, so it can be a lonely place too. You, you, you just got to get up every day and just uh, keep on digging. Keep going. And to give some context to this, I was talking to Peter yesterday. How many SKUs are in the Whole Foods aisle? 400? Yeah, on the, on the, on the, in the 80,000 square foot flagship store on the snack aisle we're on, uh, I counted them. There are 400 SKUs in addition to the two that we have, the tube and the bag. Yeah. So you got to have a really strong mission, I would say, in CPG space. So if you have a chance, I'd love for you to ask Peter what their mission is after this. I would love to say that, but I feel like he's going to tell a much better story at that. So go up to him after this panel, learn more about Share and how you can share their snacks. Uh, we have Freddie here in the building, uh, podcaster, wellnesspreneur, the beauty, uh, he hosts the Beautifully Broken podcast. Uh, he is here with Amp Coil. Um, let me get to your first question. How are you doing today, Freddie? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Um, so selling any product or service is never an easy task. And when it comes to selling high-end products, especially in the health industry, it is critical that the education and information uh, shared, that value matches the value of the product that is being sold. In terms of Ampcoil, how, how has your experience in, 
on Broadway and sharing information on stage led to your ability to sell a product that many consider a large or expensive purchase? Yeah, great question. Uh, it's something I get to deal with every day. The, you know, the, the the one thing people have said about the podcast, you know, the stuff you talk about is very expensive. So I've had devices or technologies or services that go anywhere from, um, you know, two thousand to fifty thousand dollars, and it's and it's really as as someone who is working with this idea of soulful sales, or um, navigating a solution for for the buyer. You know, I, I've probably taken. 200,000 sales calls over the last four years. And these are one-on-one Calendly or Zoom links. So I always say like working for a company like Amcoil, which uses a technology with frequency and, and magnetics, there's, there's no greater teacher I could ever have in the world and understanding what people's problems are. I get to talk to I get to talk to whole families who are bedridden with Lyme disease, people that are struggling with mold and MS, metastatic cancer, uh, the phone calls and the, this, I, you know, I say sales and that I just, everybody's a little triggered by the word sales. And for me, it's always been problem solving. You know, I think that's why I'm so good at my job. That's why at the end of the month I can often sell two hundred, three hundred thousand $300,000 worth of product in 30 days. And I'm the only person doing it for this one team because I'm helping people solve a problem. And I've been the person who has spent $300,000 on failed endeavors. So I never would want to do that to somebody else. And my, my heart rides on every single phone call, every single phone call. So that it, I always look at as problem solving. And when I say, what, what are you struggling with? I want to help you fix that. And I can guarantee you this might not be your thing. It might not be the right time. A lot of times when people say, this is what I'm struggling with, this is the problem, I'll ask them, I'm like, are you doing, have you looked at food nutrition? Are you doing breath work? Have you checked the air quality in your home? Because if we're going to add energy to the system with a coil system, and you're breathing 20,000 breaths a day, and they're filled with mold spores, you're not going to have great results. So I want to, I kind of do a checklist. And a lot of times people go off and do a little work, and I'm like, come back in six months. And then let's see where you're at. But it's it's a fascinating experiment. You know, I uh, Kristen is often like, I don't know how you do these phone calls. You know, I had a I had a mom. She's just coming up for me right now. A mom was calling me, and she she had. And again, this is Amcoil is not a medical device, but we have people looking for help with heavy lifting with some heavy shit. So I had a mom call, and and I could hear noise in the background. And she goes, I, I I'm looking at Amcoil, and you know, she's very quiet. Her voice was very quiet. Um, and she goes, I'm really looking for assistance with rebalancing my immune system. And, and she just started to weep a little bit. And she's like, I got, I have metastatic cancer. It's breast cancer. It's, it's, it's spread to my spine. And all of a sudden I hear knock, knock, knock. She's like, I hear this little voice she's like, mommy, can I get the iPad? And you know, this mom was hiding in a closet. She didn't want her kids to know she was dying. And, and how do you, uh, it, there's, there's no, I, it, there's no sales. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Uh, and I always say it's it's a gift. I often it feels like you're like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm a reverend, right? And I'm just trying to hold space for this person to solve a fucking problem, and it's really heavy. And but I also feel really honored to do it from a place of being that person that was in that spot. And I just say all that to say that um, I feel blessed to be able to work with stuff that I know works on some level. And it's all about timing. It's about reallocation of funds. You know, it's never about spending money. We can often think of money as like, oh, I'm I'm giving away my Scrooge McDuck ducats in a <laughs> from a big locker that that these ones won't go with me to the grave, right? It's just opening up a door to different experience. But so I look at it as an energetic exchange, and you have to know if it makes sense for you. You know, what's the return on an investment? We oftentimes, I'll, I'll end it, but I could talk about this for four hours because we'll often see, I could look at everybody's car and it's like, what are you spending per month to drive a car that's going to sit in your driveway 98% of its life? And, I, and then people tell me they don't have money to spend on a vitamin IV or their health or better nutrition. And it's like the way we spend our investments, there's a lot of programming there, which I would just add everybody to challenge. So long answer to an awesome question. Thank you. That was, it was a great response and it's just so needed in, in business and in health, it's focusing on what is the actual problem that we're trying to solve. So there's been a lot of talks here this weekend and they're all talking about all these different things. But at the end of the day, if you don't know what problem you're trying to solve, like the, 
the pill or the the ice bath or the sauna, you're not going to get as much out of it as if you're not going in with some intent to that. So I love that response. Uh, hand the mic over to Noah here. Now, these are a little bit more rapid fire type of questions. Um, Noah being uh, an attorney that helps with companies raising capital. So if you have any questions in that space, please reach out to Noah either here today or afterwards. Um, but what does a healthy company look like when they're trying to raise capital? So when you're an investor um, or a lawyer, the lawyer of the company, what is your best advice for a company that's looking to set themselves up for success when they're raising capital? Yeah. So um, there's a few different things. I mean, first and foremost, you kind of don't know what you don't know. And so if you've, if you've not gone the entrepreneur route first, um, like if you've not done it before, if you're not a serial, serial entrepreneur, there's a lot of things on the front end that can take care of stress later on. And so even at the formation stage, if there's more, if there's multiple people involved, it's getting people to the table uh, and, and making sure expe- expectations are set in terms of where people are spending time, how they're spending time, job duties, responsibilities. That's going to prevent a lot of tension uh, in the future. And so when I come in from the, because I represent both companies and the investor side. So when I represent the company side, a lot of the conversations we have are around counseling them through, okay, what are the implications of, what are your goals for this business? Uh, do you want to maybe sell in five to seven years? Are you looking to create a product or something that's going to change people's lives? Based on those two, the answers to those two questions, then you take them down this path of, okay, if you think you want to raise money, you need to understand what that's going to introduce into your company. Um, say, for instance, uh, I represent a lot of people in the venture capital space. So when venture capital enters into the equation, you give 20% to somebody else. Now, in the health and wellness space, it gets particularly interesting because uh, a lot of we want to change the world. And so if you have ingredients you believe in, like share, snacks, and all of a sudden you have an outside person come in and thinking about only how do we maximize our investment, that's going to be a person that you're beholden to, and they have a seat at the table now. And so uh, your voice gets slightly diluted. And so you want to think about that. Um, you want to think about all those dynamics. Now, you also need to understand if you don't want to go that route, it's going to be longer. And so it's just being honest with what those paths look like and what your goals are. And so when we come in, a lot of it is just have they done their diligence on the front end to know what they want, to like know what vision they're building toward. Otherwise, they're shooting from the hip and then they come a lot of the the worst case scenario is then uh, they take on money, not understanding what that means. Uh, And then they wish they they wish they wouldn't have because they had to compromise on X, Y or Z. Uh, and so from a healthy company standpoint, to me, it goes to what the relationship, I, I'm a little bit of a non-traditional investor. Like when I look at companies, um, in the sense that the biggest thing I look at is the health of the founder and the longevity of the founder and how much I think, how resilient I think they are and how much, um, I mean, it's kind of, kind of, there's something called product market fit, um, and like product founder fit. Freddie is a perfect example of the perfect product founder fit, where the thing he's selling, the thing he's backing has a very personal attachment and story to this thing. And so um, that's, it's not necessary, but you need to be able to tell a good story around why you selling this product makes sense. Because at the end of the day, when you have a product, when you have a business, what you're selling is the story. You have to be able to tell the story. And so if a company doesn't have a good story, then nobody's going to buy it. Like you'd have the best product in the world, but if it doesn't make sense, if it's not clear, then um, it's, it, to me, it's, in my experience, it won't last, uh, which is a long answer. I'm not even sure I answered the question. You but. did a great job. <laughs> that was great. And I, I absolutely love how you ended it because how many people have an iPhone? Raise your hand. Okay, master storyteller of the guy who created that. So it's been around for a long time. Uh, it's the best stock I ever invested in. Um, so... Just the fact that you're talking about storytelling, I think that's something that doesn't get as much value. And uh, Baldo and Peter were talking about kind of curating that storytelling over time. And if you're around at 1 uh, p.m. today, we got Lynn Graft here who's going to be talking about storytelling. Um, and he's the man, so he's the guy you want to go to in terms of cultivating and creating that, that really good story so you can uh, not sell but solve a problem with your brand. All right, next up, we have back to Danielle. It's going to be um, a question around how has fitness also paid you 
dividends in your business and, and community building. So we're at a festival, we're at a health festival, but a lot of people here are founders or entrepreneurs or partnered in something. And we really believe the, in the fact that like mental, physical, spiritual health is going to help our business. What is the personal side of that for you? So whether it's fitness or, or mindset, what, are, what types of things in that area have parlayed into you being successful in your communities and with your brand? Sorry. Um, well, I'm a big believer how you do one thing is how you do everything. And fitness for me was the first opportunity I realized I woke up to that I had to show up for myself every day. And without going into all of the details, when I first got into fitness, it was for shallower reasons. It was aesthetic based. I wanted a nice ass and strong arms and um, I, I, that, right? Right? <laughs> I really believed that that was what was going to make me deeply confident and fulfilled and excited about life. And I'll tell you, I got the nice ass and the strong arms and the confidence I was looking for and the fulfillment that I was really looking for didn't come with it. And how could I expect when I am my business as entrepreneurs, whether we believe it or not, where we're at, where we're feeling our energetic body is mirrored and reflected back to us in our business and our communities and our friendships in every relationship and every interaction. I think about this all the time with my kitten Belle. This is a funny example, but it's true. When I get mad at her for breaking some shit, which she does all the time, especially when I go out of town, I come home and there's things everywhere. When I get mad at her for just being a cat, it's a reflection and opportunity for me to be like, she's a cat. Michelle knows she watched her for a while. She was crazy, right? Um, but, but recognizing that we have these constant mirrors and when we can open our eyes and our hearts to those mirrors, which are sometimes hard to look at, we have opportunities to remember our, our choice to show up for ourselves. And so fitness for me, again, it's, it's, like Baldo's meditation in the morning. I might, I might not meditate every morning, but you bet your ass I'm going to move my body. I'm going to drop into what my body is telling me and how that information can help me show up more authentically. Even if my body's not feeling great, maybe that means I need to be honest with the people in my life that day that something is feeling off and it's just part of my journey right now. Um, and it is really, the more I've connected to my body, the more it has opened me to being open and honest with the people and the world around me. And that started with the gym when I found the deeper meaning as to why I was doing what I was doing. Yes, the strong arms and the nice butt and all the things are great, but deeper than that, I see how powerful I am. I see how capable I am. Um, and I see how deserving I am to show up for myself. And if, if I can do that, then everything else is impacted by that. My business is worth showing up for. My communities are worth showing up for. Excellent. What comes to mind for me is if you don't believe in yourself and your business, who else will? So in the very beginning of starting anything, you have to be your best champion. You have to be your best cheerleader. You have to be the person that's showing up every single day. And Danielle brings a great point where meditation for Baldo looks different for her, which will look different for you. So even the stories that are shared up here today, make sure that you're figuring out what that story is for yourself. And really when you're going, building a business, you're going to have a million people in your ear chirping and telling you a million different things. At the end of the day, you have to go with the, your gut and what you believe in and where you think that thing is going and who else can support that vision and, and that mission. So wonderful answers here today. I'm super stoked about all of this, but we're going back to Baldo. What are people and businesses doing wrong when it comes to producing events and experiences? So Baldo, uh, Super fun guy, loves to party, loves to ha go to events, throw events. Um, it's one of the reasons I love him the most and how we even like got here today. But what do you see? We chat about this a lot behind closed doors, like when we go to other events. What do you think people are doing when it comes to, what do you think people are doing wrong when it comes to providing platforms and experiences for other people that you've picked up on? Uh, well, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying I, I don't like the word wrong or right. I always just you know, I, I don't I never connect to the, to those words. But uh, but from uh, misalignment maybe because you know 
we've all talked about going to conferences and see and and you know even from the sense of like oh the the go out in the sunlight and and we're indoors the the whole night like that's the one thing that we wanted to create with this conference this you know festival is that we wanted to make sure that like if we're talking about like hey we should be out in the sun or experiencing cold or you know that we that we do those things and lead by example right because that because or else like well what's the what's the point if you're gonna just it, it's kind of like whenever you i don't know I, I, i'm trying to make an, a, an example here but it's kind of like whenever you tell people this is what i do but you never show up for that then there's no one's going to lead that path you can tell people you should be doing all these things for your health but you don't show them well they're never going to do it and it's never going to help it right like it's it's good that i mean that's the one power of like some of like health influencers is that you see them doing the things And then it's like, well, I want to kind of do the same thing because of that. And and like, obviously, the influencing game is is kind of crazy sometimes, and and can lead to so many different things. But the one thing that you can connect is that you get to see that, see them doing the things over and over again, because that's really how you can help the people, right? Like that's how is to show them. Well, it's really not that hard to do this. It's really not, or it's really simple to do this. Or, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier how whenever we do go to conferences, you'll see me sit down and meditate and and write. And I, you know, I'm not doing it to set an example, but I do it because that's how I. That's what's good for me. And then, and then it is an example. And then people want to kind of do the same thing. And you know, I get to share that with my girlfriend now. And And I, don't, I know that she's done meditation and journaling, but now we get to do it together. And it's even more powerful because I imagine that when we have kids in the future, that they're going to want to do the same thing as little kids. And imagine like little fucking 12 year olds like meditating and journaling. <laughs> yeah. and they're going to be like superhuman beings. Right. So uh, so but it's the same for like even other people that are not like in your family, but at the same time, everybody's family. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it reminds me it's like tough to do in the beginning of a business because we're so insecure with what we're doing and we're just like we're it reminds me of uh the story like nobody comes out of the womb walking but imagine a baby if it fell the first time it tries to walk and it never walks again so what we've noticed that a lot of uh different experiences is what we look to do and at wherever Ani is right now, it came up to me uh, earlier today. and was like, dude, we should have a mastermind on how to make this even bigger and better next time. I was like, that's a brilliant idea yeah. taking that feedback. And I think when we go to other experiences, just being open and honest with yourself of like, Hey, this is the beginning of my journey. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and Balda's a great representation of that, of being willing to hear that feedback and like go to the conferences and do the things right from the start. So I well, love and, that I, and I think loving the, the, the process, right? Because like we, we've gotten so many feedback about to, from last year to today to what it can look like next year. And it's like, I love that process because that means that we can create together as opposed to like, let's try to make it this or like, let's see who gives us the most money and do what they ask us to do. Like that's, that's never going to get us anywhere. Love it. And I want to give a shout out to this couple right here. You've been here this whole time and I saw you on the panel last night and like, this is why we're here. The representation of this, of just like being together, healthy mind, body, spirit, uh, building relationships. And I just want to thank you and applaud you for being here at every, every single panel and, and talk. It's been really meaningful uh, for Baldo and everybody else and in the front row. Um, so give it up for them. Later today, for what you're giving us, because we started on this path um, 37 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from childhood to our background, but that's it for another time. But um, thank you to Amate and, and beautiful Anastasia for, you know, we, meet, we met uh, in San Diego. We both, we all live in Florida currently. And we are here because of one person sharing. Mm. And that's, you know, sharing and caring to me is one of the greatest life lessons for all of us. Amazing. I love the word sharing is caring, just like uh, share over here, right? Um, but we. No, you're good. Uh, we love it. Just wanted to give you some credit for, for really inspiring all of us here. It's been kind of like the talk of the, the festival. So thank you. Um, and yet, yeah, feedback for the festival after this like we're, as we're on this topic is like please come give it to us we, we're open ears and we, we would love to actually have you be a part of whatever feedback it is and you want to bring it to light like let's make it happen um so thank you for that response baldo send it over to peter um 
Next question is, Share is a product that is heavily invested in the quality. How did you go about understanding where to find the highest quality ingredients possible? So kind of going back to the question of like in the beginning of every business, uh, it's very tough to get going. So like when I think about like, oh my God, I want to start this CPG brand. I'm like, the first thing that comes to mind is like, where do I get the ingredients from? So you not only went to go get ingredients, you were like, I'm going to get the best ingredients possible. So run us a little bit through like, what was your mindset in the beginning of that? And how did you actually make that come to life? Yeah, it's a great question. The, a lot of it starts with your positioning, like what kind of a, of a brand or company do you want to be? Like where in the marketplace do you see yourself fitting or where? So, I mean, are you going to be a, a low price thing and compete there? Or are you going to be kind of a where most everyone is as an average price thing. But we, we have the same approach to making snacks that Yeti has to making a cooler. So we were trying to, the, the mission was to build an, ex, an extraordinary version of, of an ordinary thing. I mean, think about coolers. Like, that's a pretty boring category, even in the outdoor industry. <laughs> Yeti has become one of the most successful badge brands in America with this aim for amazing mindset like they didn't invent the cooler but they sure perfected it yeah. right yeah. and so we're, we're literally using that same playbook to make snacks and not just trail mix it'll be all, all kinds of different snacks down the road so so we we weren't I mean it's easy to find ordinary ingredients um, you know to make a, a snack like we made a trail mix but like you like you mentioned we were trying to build something really extraordinary so I spent a year, three years on the recipe, uh, and then it occurred to me, like, God, I wonder if there's better versions of these ingredients than what Trader Joe's sells, where I'd been going to assemble it, and, and there was. <laughs> and it's food. Like, it's food, right? I mean, ingredients matter. So it's, um, that sent me on a year-long hunt to find the very best versions of them. It's just a lot of, you know, trial and error. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, that was the most exciting part of creating the business because I learned a lot about a lot more about ingredients, each, each of the nine. And, uh, I got to meet some amazing, like when you find that, you know, best cranberry, the you know, Leo, uh, my cranberry guy, if anybody needs a cranberry guy, cranberry I, guy. I can hook you up. You never know when you're going to need a cranberry guy. Leo grows these amazing organic cranberries in Cape Cod. Um, he's on speed dial with me. Like if I called him right now, he wouldn't ask who is this. And, uh, <laughs> there's some really funny stories about Leo. Um, anyway, but that's, you know, that kind of obsessiveness around trying to find the best and it's really exciting. Like it's fun to, to, to go through the process and then to find those, those amazing ingredients. Um, you know, the coconut we use comes from a small organic farm in Sri Lanka. I went through two other unsweetened organic vendors that make the same thing, but theirs was like eye-poppingly better, like whiter, cleaner, tasted better, had better integrity, didn't break down as much. I couldn't believe there was that much of a difference, but you just have to keep, you, you have to keep after it. Like you just have to keep looking until you, and, and it's kind of a trust and verify. Like we, we have what we think are the best, but we keep Every, you know, we'll like, hey, I wonder if there's a better cherry out there. Maybe we didn't find the very best one. And we're getting ready to switch. We found a better organic Montmorency cherry, so stay tuned. Amazing. And it's kind of like three themes seem to be popping up. Um, so Peter mentioned there, like starting with the end in mind when you're creating that product. So just determining where you're going to be sitting in the marketplace is a great start. And there's a book out there called Start at the End. You can go get that. But it really going back to Noah's as well, like when you're raising money, it's like, what are you trying to become? Who are you trying to become? Why are you trying to become that? And then to keep yourself going along that journey, you mentioned something super important, which is like having fun and building relationships. That's really the main stay of building businesses. Like at the end of the day, you're going to meet a lot of really cool people who are doing a lot of impactful work. And that makes it fun to just wake up every single day. So if that doesn't, if, that, if your business doesn't feel like that from the beginning, I feel like you need to kind of realign as Baldo is saying, like using that word misalignment, make sure you're aligned on what that vision is from the start uh, for your product and your service. And you're going to be able to have that resilience to keep going. Um, pass it over to Freddie. 
So you mentioned 200,000 calls, Zoom calls, phone calls. You've been to so many events. Uh, I'd love to ask you the question on how do you determine which ones to actually go to or which calls to actually take? Yeah. Yeah, well, if somebody reaches out and, and they want a guidance uh, specifically through Amcoil, like we're going we're gonna to field the call. And I can have discernment on whether that's going to be a real short call <laughs> or it's going to go an hour. So that's, it's, it's just, again, it's based on need and necessity. You know, when you look at the field, it's been an interesting year to travel. I don't know. We went to 14 events. I was, uh, you know, spoke at, at countless, I, did, I think I did 52 webinars and just people, 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 people. Um, you start to, your, your, your compass starts to really hone in on what's needed out there. For me, like the value, you start to see the gaps, right? For me, like 2022, I really, I, uh, this keeps coming up. It's again and again and again. I want to separate, I want to separate the marketing from like the true value. Like there is this danger within the biohacking or the optimization community to be in an, an echo chamber. And we just, we're yelling at ourselves and we're optimizing, we're elevating, we're refining the message. We haven't got to the masses of people yet. And so we're already evolving and we got to bring more people with us. So that like the, the, like seeing at all these different events and, and some events have 2,500 people, some have 40, you know, and, and I'll also say, like Baldo said, I don't think the 40 or the 2,500 is good or bad. You know, we have this idea to think that like low numbers, low achievement less somehow holds more value. For me, it's the polarity of both things, which gives me discernment to learn and grow off of. I mean, at the end of the day, for me, all this, it's like, you guys, it's all a hologram for Freddie's spiritual <laughs> evolution, I think. And it, without all these different players and the highs and lows, there is no growth, right? The peaks and valleys. I think to bring it back into the very like Newtonian model of like going forward, like I, uh, I, I try to find, we, let me give you just Amcoil as a company. Like we, we are not, it's not a funded company. We exist from month to month on sales. <laughs> so that's like a real driver for us. Like we have to hit the end of the month. And so everybody gets paid. Mm. Now that, that seems awful. I know probably sound, oh my God, that's, there's a lot of stress for me that I carry. And, and there's like, um, so the events that I pick, I've got to pick some big ones, right? I've got to be at Dave's event. Nobody has built an audience like Dave, like that you walk in, people know what they want. They're ready to invest in themselves. They've done all the things. They're ready to go walk through the door. And so things like that are really important for this, this company that exists on month to month sales. Um, I also think the brilliant thing about that is we're not beholden to a venture capitalist saying, no, you can do that. No, you can't do that. We have total hands on the steering wheel of what we want to create, when we want to create it, and who we want to create it for. I think that is gold. Like that's one thing. And I've been around being at shows with other companies and, and just learning and, and no judgment, but learning that people, it'll take a moonshot to survive because they didn't make their second funding round. And this is the real thing. It's like, I'd never know that I'm not, you know, I was, like you said, I was on Broadway music theater. I am not a business person, but I've learned through the fire of like being in the container around all these companies. So for me, just getting out there and going to events, it's like, again, you can't pay for that type of education. Like if you're an entrepreneur, like throw down money, go to these shows, talk to people, learn what the pain points are, work what feels amazing and learn with that information that's coming at you in real time. The best way to learn is to do. So you don't know which events you should be going to unless you just start going to some random events, meet some people, and then you'll really discern which one that is for you. So if you're starting your brand right now, just put a couple on the map, put a couple on the calendar, go have at it. Um, introduce yourself to people like Freddie who have done it before. Maybe you can get some tips and tricks after this and then decide what's best for you in the long run. Okay, we have 10 more minutes. We're going to end on this last question. This is for everybody. So whoever wants to, uh, whoever's a good story or wants to uh, go first, go right ahead. Uh, it's easier to look back and say, damn, I wish I didn't do that, or I wish someone had told me this before. Ask yourself right now, if you could tell yourself a decade ago, so you a decade ago, some business advice, 
what would you tell yourself? I'll go just because what he said made me think of it so much. I wouldn't change anything, but I would get to tell myself two things. One is make sure what you're doing is an outflow of who you are. How you're spending your days should be an outflow of who you are. So that goes back to alignment. The second thing is a mental model, sort of framework I would give myself. I'll be quick with this, I promise. There's something called the grail question. So my second book is on an introduction to mythology. If we go back to medieval times and King Arthur and his knights, there's a story of the Holy Grail. Holy Grail is the vessel that cures any ales. At one point, they're sitting around the table. As was custom at the time, they would share a story before they would eat. This particular day, the grail pops in front of them, disappears, goes away. The knights look around and they say, how do we find this thing? One of the knights stands up and says, I know. Each of us has to enter the part of the forest that appears darkest to us. Now, there we see this idea of each of us has to walk our own path, and we have to go where we're most afraid to go, the part of the forest that's darkest to us where nobody else has been. That's one point. The second point, if you think about the grail and what it represents, if this thing that could heal both you and your community, that's what it does for Camelot, the grail question is this. What can you do that would be of highest service to the world? That is the highest and most noble thing you can spend your life. The good knight was the one that was willing to pursue that at the expense of themselves. They were willing to go to death pursuing that thing. So when I think about the entrepreneurs I'm blessed to be around at this conference, I just wanted to end with a little bit of encouragement of, I mean, it's a lonely journey. Anytime you're trying to make something as beautiful as you can possibly make it, you're going to struggle. You're going to have bad days. But if you're anchored to that why of I am doing what is of the highest service to my community, and then you go all in on that, like that is, that is the best possible thing you could devote your life to. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. There's there's something that that uh, I did maybe so maybe seven years ago. So to the ten year ago me, I, I would I would have, I would have suggested or maybe I would have just told him, hey, I already figured this out. You should be doing this or just understand this. Understand that you're that everyone is everything is everything. That we're all just one, and that I'm just here to serve. And so. Uh, I've come to that because before that there was always either like in my, in my heart or like just in my mind, this idea of like, I don't want to say not being good enough, but, but of like, so, so for me, it's always been like, I'm helping other people out. Like even with like John and our, and our current businesses, it was always like, man, I, I'm helping build his dream. I'm hel- and then I'm helping someone else build their dream. I'm not helping someone else build their dream. And it wasn't until like about seven years ago, I was like, oh, no, it's actually it's the same dream where it's we're all in the same dream. And and my strength is that I get to serve in the best possible way to help everyone's dreams come true. And so I, I came to that conclusion because at some point I kept asking this question of like, when, when am I working on my dream? And I kept thinking, well, what do I want to do? And at some point, what, what aligned for me the most was. Well, I'm just I'm just here to expand what we are already. Mm. Love that. It's a good one. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, I first thing I thought of when you told me about that question was um, I don't really have a lot of regrets, honestly. So far, I'm having more fun with share than I've ever had doing anything, uh, and. You know, we try, you know, our mission is to choose to do things the right way versus what's convenient. So I can put my head on my pillow every night and feel good about what we're doing as well. But the first thing I thought of was I would have started sooner. Um, You know, when when you have a thing, it's just we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Mm. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) We're here to thrive, not to survive. Let's go. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, the, the average age of a CPG entrepreneur is 21 years younger than, than I was when I launched. But Colonel Sanders was 61 years old when he launched Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Let's <laughs> so go. I like our chances. Thank you for that, Peter. Danielle, Freddie. 
Um, well, 10 years ago, I was not an entrepreneur. I was entering college. And, um, but I'll give this advice to the girl who started her business the month I graduated from the University of Florida, which is it's not about me. Um, when I started my business, it was about me. It was protecting me, protecting an image. And this is a lot of the work that I have done on myself that I now have the honor of working with other people is really befriending my ego instead of my ego driving my ship and um, leading my life. And I love her. She's quite the gal, but it's my heart and um, that creates the impact and the connection. And it all comes back to love. And if I, yeah, could have known that a little bit earlier, I think I would have been gentler to myself on the journey and I would have had a lot more fun. Um, I really believe as entrepreneurs, you know, we create our own story. Everybody creates their own story, but especially as an entrepreneur, it is your story. It is your choice to live the life that you want to live. And it's funny. I was talking to a friend about this, of this long list I was complaining about. I'm like, and I stopped myself in the middle of the conversation, like, holy shit, I create this. I don't have to complain about these things. I don't have to live my life this way. And it has to come back to um, giving from love and with nothing in return and to enjoy every moment to what, um, I don't remember which one of you said it. We're, Oh, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. And that message has become even more ingrained over the last year. As a lot of you guys know, my friends in the audience, I lost my brother, um, last year. And, um, you know, he was so focused on getting it right, whatever it was, the house, the job, um, and 30 years old, you know, gone and not having the chance to make the impact um, because he was so worried about the story that a lot of us are fed growing up, which is it must look a certain way. It must feel a certain way. Fuck that. It looks and feels how it wants to to you. And so little 18-year-olds, 21-year-old Danielle who went out into this business, if I could look at her now and say, it's not about you. It's about the legacy. It's about the community. It's about love and have a freaking blast because we're not ever guaranteed tomorrow. And I know we're told that all the time, but until something rocks you in your face, like losing somebody you love that's really close to you, it becomes really, 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 really real. Um, so make this 3D journey really fun, really fun. Awesome. Yeah, I would agree. Just choose joy. I always think about the the idea that um, there's this fear that you're doing it wrong or that it's not right or you're going to make a wrong decision. And I, I often am hit with this moment that we are on a, a rock that is filled with magma spinning around a ball of fire in the middle of a universe, in the middle of other universes. And here we are on a stage with microphones. It's just existence is wild. And so I think in that, that, that the face of imminent um, death, that to choose to offer joy to another human being is the most bold, noble thing you could ever do. And I think within the entrepreneurial spirit, we have that sense of creation you know, when we're creating, if I look back and think, what would be, what are my regrets or what would I do differently? I, I, I can't think of anything only because I've come to understand the value of making a wrong decision and doing something, um, terrible, you know, as working with a, a very physical company like Ampcoil with a product, but also doing a podcast, I kind of have my foot in both worlds. I have a foot in, in the world where I work with a team where I have to work with other people, other personalities, other challenges. And then I have something that I can basically run on my own. I can do it all on my own. And, and the two worlds have shown me, like, if I want to go fast, I go alone. If I want to go far, I go together. And the reality is in that group, and I've watched it happen. I've watched people get pissed off and frustrated and angry and leave, and they'll go somewhere else. And you know what? You talk to them a couple months and they're experiencing the same problems and the same adversity and the same bullshit. Because wherever you go, there you are. You're carrying it right along the road with you. So until you want to sit down and go slow and do that deep work, you know, that could be with a team, that could be by yourself, but it's going to meet you and it's going to chase you until you face it. 
So I, I look at this opportunity, whatever the work we're doing is, whether with it's a, a product or an advisor or a consultant or one-on-one -on -one coaching, right? This is, you, this is the tool, that, this is the mirror that is going to reflect back all your opportunities for growth. So um, we're really lucky to do this work. Yeah. Hell of a way to end this. Everybody give it up for our panelists, please. I would love to sit here and give you the chance to ask questions, but I'm a stickler for time, and we want to get to our next speaker. So if you loved anything that you heard here from these panelists today, they're about to jump off the stage, so please go up to them and ask them, connect with them. That's what we're really here to do here at Howdy Health Festival. Thank you for showing up. Have a wonderful rest of your day. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.